Okay. Okay, we're back, and you're not supposed to see this. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Hello. Uh, we're just going to do a quick restart. Uh, we had technical issues. I haven't played in a while. It's been about a month, uh, but our episodes are spaced, so it's only like two episodes that we missed. I haven't played much Destiny, but I did go through uh, Grasp of Avarice lore. Please go check out Mylon Games's video we will uh post a link in the description and uh he did a he did a fantastic job catching me up because i haven't had enough time to really get back into it rhino did an amazing thing with armory defined on twitter <clears throat> going through all the new stuff and their relation to other games and i called him a bungee scholar and then he was talking himself down as not being being really being a uh, bungee scholar and now we're back Yeah, so <laughs> one minute rundown. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm not a Bungie scholar. I'm I've been playing Bungie games for a very long time, but I'm in like the bottom ten percent of Bungie scholars. I'm imagining there are people out there that know so much lore about all of the other Bungie games, and I was basically just trying to say, <clears throat> if you're wanting to know about Bungie's history and their rich storytelling mm -hmm. in gaming. Um, you can go look it up, and there are people out there that have compiled threads of lore around Myth, Oni, um, Halo, uh, even Destiny now, obviously. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, but there is like a little twist to that. So just knowing that, going back on a lot of those games, and all I was trying to drill down as a point was... The past games that they did, they did this great job of leaving you wanting more. <laughs> because they never really closed them out as far as story goes. They gave you this rich story, this universe, and all of the stuff that went with it, but um, you know they weren't like 100% fleshed out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, as far as Halo goes, it's it's been going on and on and on. Uh, as you know, half of Bungie's studio stayed and, and created 343. Mm -hmm. They're still over there making Halo to this day. And Halo's uh, story has gotten even more elaborate over the years. And um, But, you know, that isn't to say that Bungie didn't have everything to do with that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so, here we are in Destiny. Destiny is like Bungie's... So, I would say they're, it's like their opus. <laughs> it's, it's their game that has been, you know, basically... Um, created out of all of those other past games. And mm -hmm. what's nice and what's neat about what we're seeing now in this anniversary, which is a celebra celebration of all the past games and what's to come in the future, which I think that we're, we're seeing some stuff. We just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's nice and neat about that is that they've kind of given us an avenue to explore all the multiverse, right? They call it the Paraverse for yeah, for, the for, the, for the Bungie uh, uh, X IP in the terms of like Halo, uh, yeah, Paraverse. Yeah, Paraverse, and and it's funny because like it's very popular right now in in our culture is uh, this idea of metaverses, and the word meta comes up like constantly now. Mm -hmm. What I used to what I used to say, you know, like okay, so it's funny because in the '90s, <laughs> if you're an old guy like me, in the '90s and early 2000s, everybody kept saying the word extreme. So like everything was extreme. <laughs> Drink your Mountain Dew, extreme yeah. sports, X Games, X this. Everything's an X, right? Yeah. And so what I'm starting to see is now everything's meta. Like it's that's... just meta. This is meta. That's meta. Everything's meta. Everything I mean, when, has to be interconnected, and nothing, yeah. nothing can exist on its own. It has to be a part of this this greater thing. It, it's funny because pop. There's so many pop references that just it's like everybody out there latches onto a word or a phrase, and it becomes the popular thing. Like when mm -hmm. Destiny first started, you know, when D1 came out, everybody everything was called Guardians. Yeah, <laughs> Halo Guardians, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Destiny's Guardians, you know. Anyway, so here we are in the metaverse. The Destiny Guardians is, is the uh, the Korean version of the game. That's true. <laughs> yeah, which that's a whole nother thing. So okay, so um, Armory Defined. 
I did, what I did was I just, I don't want to go into like a long, you know, elaborate explanation for every game they've ever created. Mm -hmm. But I kind of pulled out what was like the meat and potatoes. So we'll just skip the veggies. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> so um, Bungie's 30th anniversary, you know, they brought in a bunch of items, um, weapons. And mm -hmm. what's cool about each one of these is lore wise, uh, some of them have really kind of given you a little bit of a window. It's funny because they're Destiny lore, but what they're saying in the lore has to do with the previous games that they came from. And those are hints. They're kind of telling you in the lore, like, this is a Halo gun or whatever. Mm -hmm. So when I made this, we didn't have... it. They weren't in the game, per se, exactly, like, in the game. These were... Um, I defined these before we had the, like, the dump. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the... The first one I did was... Um, so we're going to follow the thread, right? Because that, that's the yeah. order I have it in, all right? Yeah, I think that's the best way. It just <laughs> I didn't do these in any particular order. <laughs> yeah. I just did them in like, oh, that's neat. Let's go on. <laughs> yeah, just, just in case, if, if you did it in... If you were going to read it off in a different order, just let me know, because I have them all queued up to, to go on, scre on, no. on uh, screen. But yeah. otherwise, cool. I can just handle it like this. Okay. All right, so the first one uh, I did was a Xenophage ornament. Uh, mm -hmm. Xenophage, you know, the big heavy machine gun. Um, it, it's the name of the ornament is "You Think You're Big Time," and at first, I, I mean, I recognized the um, the Marathon logo on the tip of the the machine gun, mm -hmm. which you know stood out. But then it, it really hit me because um, there's a there's an iconic like Marathon poster game whatever picture and it's showing um you know the marathon uh cyborg marathon man he's holding this huge uh like rail machine gun type of weapon anyway this overall theme with the like the hazard drawing the stripes and all that in the red and the yellow is from that so the color scheme is from that picture but you think your big time is a marathon achievement and so the achievement is you win a multiplayer game with at least four players in every map in the Total Carnage net map map pack, which is like their little expansion they had for the marathon game. Um, but, so what's funny is you'll see this going on. If you know anything about Marathon or Halo or whatever, you'll see that the tie-ins visually to the gun are that black and yellow hazard caution striping like construction uh, worker yeah the construction worker i, I don't know yeah. why it's 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 like gotta just be like the the child in me but whenever i see things like that i'm like oh that's my favorite that's the best look <laughs> you could ever have makes me think of playing with tonka toys and like little metal trucks <laughs> i and, and you know what i i wish they really doubled down because if you don't know um it's too late now, but in the dawning, there's a xenophage ornament where when you reload the gun, yeah. you can see uh, the Omar bug inside. And on the dawning ornament, the Omar bug gets like a little elf hat. And I wish they doubled down on that. And everyone, they gave it something gave else. Gave it a different hat. Yeah, it would have been great. They have like this um, one could have had a hard hat. Yeah, they could have had a hard hat. And they have the the one that makes it look almost like Tex Mechanica. They could have given it yeah. a Stetson. Like every single yeah. Omar bug should have its own hat for every ornament. I mean, it's fine that they don't, but it I know. You're right. That would be been so great. hilarious. I, I'd have to get it every hat. time. Yeah. And so that's it's very multi-layered. This game is So what we're seeing right now because of Zur is we're seeing like a window into weapons and themes and ornaments that come from the paraverse. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you know, if you know what a paraverse is a multiverse, that's just basically alternate timelines that are running in parallel with your own that you're on right now. And it's kind of like a bunch of streams that somehow Zur in his little pocket eternity realm can cross streams of, multiverses and pull from them not really like well it's not Zur wanna... who's doing it right it's the star horse yeah it's the star horse sorry Zur is basically just the um his will is not his own and now it's not even the nines yeah. 
he's like a homunculus or whatever yeah. you call it. He's like, he's just a vessel. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So star horse <laughs> rainbow dash is pulling all of these, uh, weapons, uh, from alternate timelines and just like, they're our reward or, or whatever they are. Um, so sorry, long winded explanation for the one ornament. Yeah. So <laughs> Bungie, it's funny because Bungie's carried this like little construction theme throughout a lot of their games. Mm-hmm. The little warning triangles have popped up in like every single game they've ever had. And I mean, heck, even the cones in Halo 3, if you shot them just right, they could ping pong off of walls and kill you. And so like we've had, <laughs> we've had humorous videos of, of what they would refer to as death cones. Uh, montages of cones being, you know, wept across the map and killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it, it's nice that they lean into that, you know, like they don't forget their past. Um, the next one was a malfeasance ornament. Uh, okay. It's called Pink Mist. And so if you look at it at first, you know, there's nothing that really stands out about it that's going to give you kind of a clue as to what that means. And also ornaments, they don't have lore. So... But this pink mist, and I knew this right off the bat because my wife used to get this achievement all the time in Halo. Uh Um, But the pink mist is from Halo 3. It's an achievement where it's called Fear the Pink Mist. So that refers to the Needler gun in Halo. Which The Needler gun is a gun that has a bunch of like crystal needles in the top of it. I'm, I'm trying to explain it. If you don't play Halo, it's a bunch of crystal needles in the top of the gun. And as you shoot them, it takes all of, almost all of them to stack onto the enemy you're shooting. And then they'll explode, giving you an insta-kill. But you got to hit the enemy with all the needles. Oh, just like Malfeasance. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's clever. Yeah. So I thought that was very funny because, you know, you can see what they're trying to do. It's, it's pretty neat that they... Um, it, you know, they, they kind of, they think about these things. It's not just, oh, let's give it a skin, go on, you know. So the Pink Mist, uh, it's a kill five enemies with your Needler in a ranked free-for-all playlist or in campaign. So when you're playing, you know, if you get, if you kill five enemies, which is kind of hard because you only have so much anim- ammo and so much time in between kills. And, you know, before it's no longer a multi-kill or kill, mm-hmm. killing five enemies. but. Pretty neat. So if you love the Needler, you'd know that one. Can Can I ask you something? Yeah. Can Can you Can you pull up the image of this one? Just yeah, so looking we're at looking at the same thing. Is Is it blurry or does my eyesight really suck? No, it's not blurry. That's how they intentionally made it. No, but like, like, did they intentionally make it with like a blur around the pink blue crystally bit? Um, if you zoom in on it, it's not really blurry. It just appears blurry when you're looking at it. It like, has like, like um, so I noticed in the game it has like a glow effect, and this yeah, that's that's what it looks you, like. It looks yeah. like it's a glow that's not like pulsing. Yeah, that's what it's doing. Okay. Yeah. So um, the covenant. The, well, this the funny thing about the needler is um, it, it was created by Sheik, but the needler in game has some kind of like the lore of the needler in game has never been like completely explained until just this last week. Uh, which is funny in Halo, they kind of fleshed out the lore about the gun. They they tell you about how the needles come from a moon that it, that was mined for this particular crystal, and there's not like enough really that goes behind that. But the needle, the, this gun, the needler in Halo, didn't have to be like remanufactured for. Uh, you know, UNSC forces to use. Like, they could just basically go use the gun right off the bat. Every other Halo weapon that was from the enemy had to be kind of altered so that a human could use it. Oh, I guess I never... No- I mean, I, I I only played, like, the first two Halos, but I guess I never noticed that. <laughs> That's an interesting point. Yeah. So, like, Master Chief can use every gun that he comes up against. You know, that's what makes him a Master Chief. He's mm-hmm, a Master mm-hmm. Weapons uh, user. But anyway... Uh, so the needler, the 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 needles, the blamite or whatever it's called, <laughs> the crystals, they stack and explode and they create an effect called the pink mist. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. So it's, you know, yeah. it's just funny. Um, so the next one was Hero of Ages. This one took a second because at the time I didn't have anything about it. But the Heroes of Ages, um, after every age of darkness, uh, every, after every age of darkness, an age of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, right off the bat, we know the sword, just from looking at it, was the myth sword. On the myth game, so the myth game is a bungee game. On the myth game, on all of the covers, they have this iconic sword. Hmm. Um, and the sword is like a symbol of of like the ultimate achievement in the game. So the myth game plays upon this idea of forces of light and dark ruling the world successively in a 1,000-year um, cycle, which repeats, and, and this goes on and on. And all of this happened before recorded history. <laughs> So I mean, they're really, you know, in a long, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, basically, mm-hmm. there's uh, this game called Myth Game, and so each cycle, each ten or each thousand year cycle, climaxes in a in the arrival of the Leveler, and then it starts a new age. So the Leveler is like, you know, the Armageddon weapon wielder. And he just yeah. wipes the slate clean so that everybody can start over again. The leveler goes by many names in many games. Yeah. <laughs> um so that's what the lore that's what the um the little flavor text was alluding to. So at mm-hmm. first when you read the flavor text, you're like, what does that mean? You know, why is what is after every age of darkness and age of light, mm-hmm. right? That's what they're referring to, is myth game itself. Each cycle of you know darkness ending in a cycle of light, blah blah blah. There you go. Cool. Myth game is uh, pretty cool. If you're into those types of games, um, I would I would I would say go play it. I mean, I think you can get a lot of these games like Marathon. You can download the whole game online for free. There's I tried a, to play Marathon. It's it's just such a a different generation of video game that it's hard it hard for me to go to. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like playing Galaga, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's not an arcade game either. Yeah, it's not like easy to jump into. Yeah. (laughs) Oh god. Yeah, you gotta like you gotta invest some time into it. Okay. Um. Okay. This one was my favorite one at the time. Uh. So everybody's everybody. If you're on social media, you know that they put the swords from Halo into destiny uh and they split them in half (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so the sword over the years from halo has gotten many different iterations and uh, aesthetic changes and 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 they've explained it as the swords are different for different um covenant wielders so like sanghili is where the elites in in halo come from and they're a race of uh uh, they're they're enemies, but they're also friends. So they're frenemies because over the years they've become like our allies in certain games. But anyway, there's different factions of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the swords, um, they're either like blue in color or purple in color or red now because in Halo we have. Is there a red? Oh, okay. Yeah, in Halo we now have an enemy that's an elite that joined the banished which is like the outlaw faction and they have oh, okay. red stuff. <laughs> Everything so this, they is, have this is, is this is three, four, three halo, not bungee halo. Correct. Established a red sword. Okay. Yeah. And so Bungie's swords have been like shades of blue and purple. Mm-hmm. And so like different shades of that. And um, anyway, so you got one sword called the other half and the flavor text is if only there was a way to combine them. And then the other sword is half truths, and the flavor text is a fine blade, but it seems like it's missing something. And so, if you lay the two swords on top of each other, you have a complete Halo sword. <laughs> and I predicted this so many years ago. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> so, um, this is obviously the Halo game energy swords. It's a weapons of the the Sanghili. Um, it's considered a weapon of nobility. Uh, mm-hmm. Since its creation in one of the ages of discovery, uh, 
it's they're leaning into that. So like when Bungie creates these games, they pull from some of their last stuff. So even in Halo, they were pulling from like Myth and Marathon, right? Mm-hmm. So and now we're in Destiny, pulling from Halo that pulls from Marathon and that pulls from Myth and that pulls from who knows what else. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Halo Swords. Uh, this one is probably everybody else's favorite. It's called the Forerunner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the exotic hand cannon that we got. And this we... is a sidearm, I thought. Yeah, it's a sidearm. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the uh, Forerunner. It's a. Um, it's a really cool gun. Aesthetically, it it, it it's neat. Um, yeah, it is. A, so... It is a very nice looking gun. Yeah, the lore on this gun is really cool too because it's a um, it's a discussion between. The gunsmith and shacks, and mm-hmm. they're basically saying they're dropping hints like, "Where does this gun come from? What are you talking about? Oh, it must have belonged to somebody really big. This looks like you know, basically, it's a proto, you know, hand cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is be a sidearm for somebody really large. And shacks is like, oh, must have been a titan, of course, right? Yeah, and, uh, t- we're we're gonna talk about shacks at the end of this. <laughs> it's not something that you have, but it's something that I have. Okay. So uh, Shaq saying like, "Oh, it must be for someone really large." I know, I know your secret, Shaqs. <laughs> so the forerunner, like it, it. Okay, so Halo. Everybody in Halo that's you know of the human race are considered forerunners. So it's it's um, it's funny because, real quick, in Halo, the Halo ring worlds are they were left behind by the forerunners and Mm -hmm. the forerunners were a race of people that collected all of the sentient beings within the galaxy. And they basically put them on their version of a Noah's Ark. They saved all of the species in the galaxy, put them on a big arc and they left them there so that they could activate the ring worlds, which were actually a weapon which annihilated all sentient life within the galaxy. And the reason they did that is because they had an enemy that they could not kill called the Flood. Spoilers for Halo. Well, I mean, the game has been out long enough, dude. If you don't know, that's... so. That's <laughs> I the mean, this was the most compelling reason for me to actually play Halo again. So... <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> But that was that that I was like, man, this they should make this into like a game or something. <laughs> so it's funny because when you first start playing Halo and back in the day, um, all of that was mystery. Like none of that was explained to you. Mm-hmm. As you're playing the game, it's like, oh my god, what? You know? And so you're you're realizing this ring world that mysteriously is hanging out there in the in in the galaxy is actually a weapon. And it can be activated to kill everything in the, you know, galaxy or whatever. So, uh, the flood, they're like, you know, they're like, um, uh, zombie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, uh, they're like aliens meets zombies. If you're familiar with the aliens movies or books, um, you Man. know, they, in, they infect humans or anything and they take over their body and make them a, an alien. So same thing happens with flood. It's just a little bit more grotesque. There's these little, um, gross, you know, thing, enemies that will latch onto whatever's living and take them over and then just make them run around like zombies. And so in halo, the forerunners that were here before everybody else was, had to get rid of the flood. And so the way they got rid of the flood was making this huge weapon called the Halo Array, and it wiped them all out. But as we know, playing the game, it didn't really get rid of all of them. So so I have a question now about Halo, actually, because yep. I, I, I can't just like leave this. So basically the Forerunners were like, we're going we're gonna to Noah's Ark the universe, and then humans were like, we're going to fuck that up. <laughs> Is that what happens? No, so so it already happened, and then oh okay, um, okay, it happened way before. Gotcha. And gotcha, you gotcha. just find out that this is why everything is the way it is, and you're and you're you're playing through the game, and so you go onto these forerunner constructs, is what they call them, and there are these um, sentient AIs, you know, which are like you know robots basically with 
with great minds and uh, mm-hmm. I'm dumbing it down, like severely dumbing it down. But basically the, <laughs> the Noah's Ark aspect of it shows you why there are certain enemy races within your, you know, your game. So you have the elites, mm-hmm. the brutes, you know, the grunts, the jackals, um, you know, the, the prophets, which are the leaders of the covenant that made all of those guys go crazy and join together to fight humans and humans Mm -hmm. have a great military force, the UNSC and Halo's master chief fighting against all of those bad guys. Okay. So. And all that from this gun. Yeah. So (laughs) forerunners refers to master chief because master chief is called forerunner late way later in the game when you realize that this had happened and they basically refer to the hero of the game as forerunner and the entire human race, because they are descendants of the advanced alien species, AKA forerunners. So they're basically trying to explain, explain human existence as being spawns of the forerunners. (laughs) So it's kind of like reverse. Well, actually, I don't know if that's true. I'm not even going to say that. Yeah. I don't even, and there's still a lot of mystery out there, but <clears throat> three four three guilty spark, which looks like the inside of a destiny ghost, mm-hmm. is this orb that floats around and he tries to manipulate people into doing what he wants them to do. And uh, he has a quote where he calls every uh, he calls Master Chief. He says, "You are the child of my makers. You are forerunner." And so that's three four three guilty spark saying that. So Mac Mac Grundy in chat said they called Master Chief the Redeemer, not the Forerunner. The Redeemer is a part of. So as he's evolving, mm-hmm. that's what he becomes: is the Redeemer. He's the Reclaimer, the Redeemer, the Forerunner, the everything. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. And and what's cool about what's cool about that is like there's even achievements within the game as you advance in your playing, uh, you can rank up through all of those things. Like you even will at one point become mythic. <laughs> so, awesome. but yeah. Yeah. So forerunner is kind of a catch all term. Nice. Uh, and the coolest thing about the gun is if you look at it, it is like a combination of every halo pistol from all other games, including like a destiny fried version on top of that. So the iconic pistol, even in the lore, they talk about the caliber of the bullet that's in the gun, which is from Halo. Mm -hmm. But this gun was intended for a very large person to use it. And the caliber of the bullet inside is so massive, it might as well be in a sniper. And it just can, you know, insta-kill anything, which was true in Halo, but not so much anymore. So, yeah, it's a big old beastly gun. Nice. Um, so then next the next up, one is uh, BXR? Yeah, next one up won't be so... I won't do this to everyone else. So the next one is the BXR 55 Battler. <laughs> um, is, the flavor text is a trees, uh, treasured competition piece from a bygone era. So this one is another Halo game uh, reference. It's mm-hmm. the BR-55, a.k.a. Bat- Battle Rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the gun that's used in like all the you know um, competitive game modes in Halo. Um, so like if you're familiar with like Team SWAT or you know just a lot of the competitive modes in Halo's multiplayer games uh, revolve around having a battle rifle, which is a great rifle. It's it's funny because it has a burst fire, and so if you're familiar with pulse rep rifles, they have a burst fire. So it's like a three bullet burst. Mm-hmm. The battle rifle does the same thing. Oh, neat. Yeah, so the battle rifle, and consistently over the years, the early pulse rifles looked similar to what a battle rifle in Destiny or in Halo looks like. Mm-hmm. And so they leaned into this one. They put the scope that would have been on a battle rifle, and the ammo counter is on there too. So the thirty-six bullets in a battle rifle is plain and and visual uh, visible right there when you're aiming down sights. Cool. I forgot to say the coolest thing about the Forerunner gun is obviously when you get a kill, you get a frag grenade. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you can do the the grenade hops with it, right? Totally forgot about that. Sorry. That is is a very cool uh, nod. 
Yes. In Halo, you could get an extra height clearance if you threw a grenade down and jumped slightly be- slightly after, so that when it blew up, it would launch you a little bit higher. It's almost nice. like triple jumping. Um, okay. So the... <laughs> <laughs> the gajunker, <laughs> the junker <laughs> ornament, which is the Galahorn ornament. Mm-hmm. So the junker ornament. Uh, this one is cool because it's another Halo game reference, but it's a play on the Spanker uh, rocket launcher from Halo. Yeah, it's called the Spanker. <laughs> and it's um, it's basically a Spartan rocket launcher. Um they nice. affectionately called the spanker because uh, it spanks all your enemies into submission. <laughs> nice. Um, what's cool about this one is if you look at the ornament on it, it looks exactly like the very first rocket launcher that Master Chief ever held, which was the spanker rocket launcher. It even has the little arrow. It's the same green. It's got the blocky top. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then where it says Gallahorn on the rocket launcher, uh, I forget what it says, but it's something funny like, you know, I don't know, caution, something, something. Um, okay. But aesthetically, it looks very similar to the Master Chief rocket launcher. Nice. Yeah. Um, the next one, another Halo one. So mm-hmm. we're going to be drowning in Halo. The next one is uh, Retraced Path. This one's cool too. Like, if you read the lore on all of these items, you'll find out they're kind of like little synopsises of all the different games from the past and just a little bit of what, what they're about. Mm-hmm. So, Retrace Path Flavor Text is an early prototype that brought the potential for future trace rifles into sharper focus. <laughs> so, this one's, a little, this one's a little weird because if you consider it in the world of Destiny, and you say, okay, how is this a prototype that brought the potential for future trace rifles? Hmm. So this gun in Halo is called the Focus Rifle. Mm-hmm. It's a Covenant uh, Focus Rifle. It's a directed energy weapon used by the Covenant, which is comprised of you know, the elites, the grunts, the brutes, the prophets, all when they were the enemies that you face in the Halo game. And so if you look at the gun, it looks almost exactly like a focus beam rifle. Cool. This um, is this is a really exciting gun because it's actually the first legendary trace rifle as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It my wife and I called it the fricassee gun because you could fry your enemies. <laughs> but it it never did like a lot of damage. It's just uh-huh. you had to sit there and hold the laser onto your enemy for almost the entire mag before they would die. And but it was funny, and because like trying to use it, it would jump around, and so it's very similar to how a trace rifle works. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that fit in the Destiny universe? Who knows? I mean, it's like uh, now you have a, a, a semi explanation as to why we have trace rifles. Yep. Which were in which came about in Destiny Two. Took a while. So, yeah, took a while. Uh, uh, the next one is inspired Eidolon, mm-hmm. which Eidolon, Eidolon means ghost. <laughs> so that's pretty apparent. And the, it's a sparrow, um, that looks exactly like the ghost, which is a, a, a vehicle in Halo. Um, the flavor text to it is there's writing here described a dead thing, which has returned. Perhaps it refers to you. <laughs> that's good. So, that's good. So that's Zer saying that, and it's basically like saying, you know, it's a ghost, or you're a ghost, or your ghost is a ghost. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Halo game nicknamed the Ghost by the UNSC. It's a Covenant standard reconnaissance and rapid attack vehicle. So obviously, why not turn it into a Sparrow? Yeah, it's really cool looking too. I, I, mean, I just one. hope that they they um, make all sparrows go as fast as that. Um, always on time. <laughs> no matter how how cool a sparrow looks, I'm not taking it off. Yeah, yeah, man. The ghost uh, in Halo. Um, just real quick, the ghost in Halo is like the best way to get bladder kills. 
Oh yeah. Which is just hitting enemies, you know, just splattering them all over the place. So another Halo reference. It's like the color green is everywhere. <laughs> I mean, Halo is is their their big game. Like that's that's where they have to make all their references. Yeah. So the next one is the same. Uh, it's called the Equator Shell, mm-hmm. and the flavor text is for ghosts who have journeyed across the ring. So Ring World Halo game has the Halo Ring World, aka the Halo Array. Mm-hmm. which is a network of seven ring-shaped artificial worlds created by the Forerunners in order to kill all sentient life within its range. Um, so we already talked about that, basically, when I went okay. on my long rant. Uh, but yeah, so the, the ghost has this, you know, this electric blue ring around him. And this one is not Halo. No. This one is um, the... Are they they're they're ornaments, right? Or, yeah, they're 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 uh, universal ornaments. Yeah, universal ornaments. So the universal ornaments that you obtain from playing Zer's, you know, the Dares of Eternity. Yeah, Dares of Eternity game um, are from the game Marathon, and we've talked about these when we were talking about you know Easter eggs in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so the marathon game has its main protagonist, the cyborg. Uh, the, and so it's funny because the name of these are um, like the hints. So the, the Demos born is, um, it means born on Mars, <laughs> <laughs> which is like the Halo, you know, main protagonist. So it's talking about, because in Mars, it's like where the whole marathon game kind of takes place. And, uh-huh. You end up on a ship with a crazy rampant AI later. Obviously, that's the meat, the meat and potatoes of that game. But like, it's centered around the lore is centered around like the events that happen on Mars, as we've um, talked about with Mida. Yeah, Mida Multitool. There you go. Which is the faction that was like Future War Cult, but in the Marathon game, and they were mm. crazy, and they were from Mars. Um. So the other two. In in those skins are the enemy types. Like one is you know the the Forians, and the other one is the Sfittish. So there's the there's the enemy types, which is the four, and then there's the enemy types, which are called the Sfits. Um, they're the two enemies, two of the enemies you fight as the Marathon Man in the game. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, so bring us last... to. Uh... To your last one, to Tiger Man. Yeah. So the last one is Tiger Man. <laughs> um, and it's called, the ornament is called Thy Fearful Symmetry, which I really like this one for other reasons. Um, so uh, Tiger Man was... Uh, so I'll just read real quick. Tiger Man, a canceled playable race, humorously described as noble wise and bestial <laughs> he's a uh, he's of a notably feline appearance um it was the main feature in bungie's 2013 april fool's joke which led up to the destiny game um basically they were you know messing around with us because we didn't know anything about the destiny game and so they did this whole goofy video about the tiger man <laughs> which was uh, a canceled enemy race, and a lot of people think that you know Shax is a Tiger Man under his helmet. Oh yeah, that's what we're going to talk about in a second. <laughs> so, so um, thy fearful symmetry um, is from a poem, which is a very beautiful poem. If you ever get the urge to go look it up, um, I've read it many, many times, uh, and in fact. Destiny has other items which have lines from that poem, which is also neat. Um, the tiger poem is where this this quote originates from. Uh, it's the tiger by William Blake, mm-hmm. uh, which is about a symbolic tiger which represents the fierce force within the human soul. Um, basically, it, it's kind of neat because... Um, as you go through the 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 poem uh it's basically describing 
the human viewing the tiger as this, you know, this amazing beast. But then he realizes that as he's going through the poem, he realizes there's so much symmetry within himself that he sees in the tiger mm-hmm. as he's describing the tiger in the poem. It's really beautiful because he can, he can kind of see the, um, he's like welling up with inside himself. He's feeling the same thing he's seeing within the tiger that he's describing. Mm-hmm. So it's fitting that they would call that the, the, the tiger man. You're kind of roboting. Tiger Man. And it just sounds like you're saying uh, Tiger Man over and over. Think <laughs> about Guardians in our game. Bummer. Uh, okay, he's back. Yep, I'm back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Something weird happened. I dropped my phone and then like the computer went crazy. As, as computers do when you drop your phone. I don't get it. But I'm near my computer and it just decided to freak out. So, um, like you mentioned, Shaq's being a Tiger Man is, is one of my favorite theories. And so I, I got an image uh, queued up for this as well. I, I, I figured I could follow here. Where we see <clears throat> early concept for who is obviously Lord Saladin on the right, obviously the speaker on the left, and then obviously Lord Shax in the center. And the main detail about Lord Shax here is that his his fingers are like nailed, like clawed, like look at look at Saladin's hands and look at Shax's hands as well you can. And even the speaker to a lesser extent, because he doesn't have him like out as well. But Shax has come to like a a, a point. Like he's got he's got fucking tiger claws. He sure does. Doesn't take off his fucking helmet, and he's a tiger man, and that's why he's so much taller than everyone else. And that's why when he was saying, "Oh, big big caliber bullets must be for a a titan," he caught himself. Yeah, he's gonna say for for one of my species. Yeah. That's funny. I uh I forgot I never noticed who... that concept art having pointing fingers claws like that's yeah. pretty cool. It, it's it's one of it's one of those like things that I love to bring up whenever it feels appropriate to bring it up and I I forgot who responded and I, I'd have to like dig for this so I probably would never find it. But I posted about it on Twitter and one of the writers just replied, "No." And I was like, "I'm not listening to your lies, man." So I'll wrap all this up in a tight little bow because I know it was a long-winded uh, lore card thread that had to do with, and I'm not, I didn't go into every specific, and I might have got a few things wrong, but I just wanted to kind of give y'all where the heck all this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. So those are the references that we had to game. There are other ones that come up in the game, and so we can talk about those, but we'll be talking about it anyway because in Zer's Eternity Realm. There are other little mysteries and fun things like the skulls from Halo. You can go find them. They don't do anything. Are there? Yeah. That's neat. You can go find the little skulls laid about. In Halo, you find skulls and they unlock achievements. And uh, Mm -hmm. as well as they make the game harder to play. So if you don't know this, in Halo, when you find a skull, it unlocks achievement. But you can activate the skull to make any of the past levels you played through more difficult. Uh-huh. And so they have an achievement called uh, Lasso, which is Legendary All Skulls On. It means having every skull from in the game and then playing all of the missions on Lasso, Legendary All Skulls On. And it's like the greatest achievement you can get. And it basically is, okay, you want to make this game harder? Here you go. This is the hardest you can make this game. And so That's when cool. you play through the entire game, you get the bragging rights and you unlock the achievement and Everybody seeks that when every time a, a new Halo game comes out, everybody wants to do it on Lasso. All right. Yep. So that's that's really cool. And uh, so that's a lot of the items. And because of our technical difficulties in the beginning, we're going to... I don't know. 
we're, we're kind of like, I usually look at the, the time recorded, but because of the issues we had at the start, now it's all skewed. I know we're kind of coming yeah. up on our time. I think we got about 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'll just, I just don't know if I can, if we can fit in the grasp of avarice stuff. We'd have to like yeah. kind of rush it. Um, but so I, I, I do want to talk about it. So grasp of avarice is the uh, new dungeon in the game. And it's, I haven't gotten to play it yet and I'm upset about not having gotten the chance to play it yet because it does look really fun. And it is uh, very heavy in the pirate themes. It is very heavy in the Goonies inspiration. Like that is, that is apparent. Um, and one of the, the, awesome things about it is there are 11 uh, collectible items, 11 bottles that you can find like messages in a bottle uh, throughout yeah. the dungeon. And each of them gives you a little audio uh, take from the person you're going there to basically find Wilhelm seven. And he catalogs his experience as a, as a pirate and a fire team of three uh, going into what we know as the loot cave across somewhere over 40 days. Cause at the end he lost count. And, uh, so, you know, throughout it, you get a lot of themes of like curse curses and stuff. And so there's, there's some interesting little details. And, uh, so I guess, the best way to start is just with the first bottle, uh, which reads, or he speaks, it's the end of the day too, and I'm thinking the damn vandal outsmarted us when we chased him into the loot cave. I was sure he'd lead us right to the source of the treasure, but it looks just like a regular cave. I haven't told the team we're lost, but Bismarck's getting suspicious. That ghost is too clever for his own good. Not ready to turn back, though. There's treasure here. There's got to be. And so, right off the bat, you already have, like, an annoyance between the main character of this uh, story, Wilhelm, and his ghost, Bismarck. And there's two other uh, guardians uh, whose names are Agadir and Pershing. And I don't know if uh, their name, their ghost names have been mentioned. If they are, I missed them. Yeah, they seem new to me because I, I was looking, looking for them. Yeah, yeah, everyone here is definitely new because it's, it's, it's like an entirely isolated story. Although now we might learn about the the exploits of Wilhelm and his his pirate themed fire team, but so basically yeah. they go into the loot cave. He says it's a regular cave, but he's like going deep into the loot cave, and it doesn't. It's not really a regular cave, um, in my opinion, because it's it like it opens up right like it has like big things and it's got the pirate skull and there's like a yep. whole lot of things as it go as he goes deeper and it's it seems like it's almost as he goes deeper he finds more and more and more and it's like it keeps him going deeper as if yeah. the cave itself wants him to go in like he's not the it's like bringing him into the pit of of yeah yeah like he's there, there's a curse, but he's not the yeah. originator of the curse, right? And so, um, bottle two says it's day four and still nothing no gold plated engrams, no exotic drops, just more fallen in hive and those and their stupid moss ultimas and scavenger suits. I heard Bismarck talking to Pershing and Agadir when they thought I was asleep. He wants to turn back, but we can't yet, not yet. The exotics are just around the next corner, I can smell them. And, um, uh, so, you know, he, he's getting in deep, you're going in deeper, you go into like man-made structures and that's what I mean. Like you go into man-made structures, it's not a cave, which just kind of feels weird that he's calling it a cave, I guess, but yeah. whatever. Bottle three, it's the end of the day six and we did it. We found the source of the loot, broke into a chamber and it's wall to wall engrams piled to the ceiling top tier loot as far as the eye can see we're gonna go as deep as we can there must even be more there must be even more ahead we'll figure out how to split it up later should be easy with so much of it and there's a little note i added here when you do find bottle three you find it next to the corpse of someone holding a shovel and surrounded by engrams like yeah. a room filled with engrams <laughs> so it doesn't 
make sense for someone to have died during the recording of Bottle 3, but it seems like they did make it back at some point to Bottle 3 when they died. Uh, Bottle 4, Day 10, we're deep in the cave system now, and each cavern's richer than the last. Deciding who gets what is tougher than I thought, Pershing shot Agadir over a mid-tier pulse rifle he had already had. Agadir's ghost came out hollering, and Pershing damn near shot him too, before I stepped in. There are more engrams here than a body could ever need, but nobody wants to part with their cut. So, and this, this is kind of what I'm saying about the, 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 the curse is there, but Wilhelm is not the originator of the curse. They are already being affected by it. They're becoming more and more greedy as they go deeper and deeper. And it's almost, it almost feels like the cave is alive and it's like trying to pull you in. It's like, yes, we have loot come in and it makes me wonder like destiny one you know when everyone was shooting into the cave was it trying to get us into the cave yeah yeah maybe and then so like this explores where that loot cave actually went mm-hmm. so like we as he's exploring deeper you find more bottles and we we explore deeper uh, which leads to Bottle 5. It's Day 14 and Pershing's dead. Permanently, Agadir went golden gun out of nowhere and shot his ghost. Pershing uh, tried to throw up a barrier after. Didn't do him any good without his light. He died standing there like an idiot. Bismarck says we should go back to the surface, but I'll be damned if I'm going to leave this loot for those greedy cryptarchs. At least there's a silver lining. Pershing had some nice gear. It's mine now. So... Uh, Wilhelm doesn't even care that his friend just got murdered in cold blood by his other friend. They're going deeper. He's just like, yeah, I know. It's almost like he's being pulled or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without without his own will. Yeah. And like he, sorry, go on. No, no, that's it. Okay. And then within four days, we get bottle six, day 18. The previous bottle is day 14. So within four days... I got Agadir hauling the loot like a pack, a pack mule, using a sled I made out of an old, old fallen armor. Problem is, the deeper we go, the better engrams I find. The sled's fit to burst, but Agadir's about to drop. I better be careful not to overwork him. He got much weaker after I killed his ghost. Hmm. And uh, bottle seven. Day 22, and Agadir's gone. I caught him trying to steal from me. Take what's mine. I pushed him down a sinkhole, about 30 meters, and dropped a grenade down after him. Ha. It's quiet as a tomb now. Just me and all this loot. And Bismarck. He says we should leave. Says there's a curse. Says this place is changing me. I know he wants to come back later with some cryptarchs and clean this place out. Heh. <laughs> I'm not falling for his tricks. So now, <laughs> 22 days in, and Bismarck is finally realizing something's like psychologically going on with Wilhelm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eight days later from the last bottle, day 30, Bismarck won't come out, so I've been hauling engrams alone. I dropped one and chased it down a crack in the cave floor right into another loot cave, even richer than the first. Hey, Pershing, I just pulled a god roll of the shotgun you wanted. You hear me? Where'd you get off to? Ah, to the victor go the spoil spoilers, and nobody's more spoiled than me. <laughs> and so, like, he doesn't even remember that. Uh, well, actually, no. He... He killed Agadir. Agadir killed Pershing. So he doesn't even remember that Agadir already killed Pershing. But oh well. Another eight-day jump. Uh, day 38, and I finally got rid of Bismarck. I knew he'd be plotting something, so I laid a trap for him. I shot myself, ha, huh, right in the meaty part of my leg, and when that little snoop compiled to see what the fuss was all about, blam, heh, <laughs> I put one right through his little beady iris. I probably should have let him fix my leg first. Eh, it'll be fine. And so this is where it gets a little int- yeah, confusing, I want to say. Yeah. But we'll get to that because we're like right here at the end. Uh, two days later, day 40. Uh, I forgot how much a body can bleed without a ghost to stop it. Doesn't matter, though. Ain't nothing more loot can't fix. Just one more cave and a couple more exotics just a little further. And then the final bottle, bottle 11, day uh, can't count. My leg's burning. I 
no time to stop almost the, almost to the center all the all the loot in the galaxy right here oh just for me now it's mine it's all mine and then when you finally do find Wilhelm Seven's corpse they're an exo and you you break into his like little pod that he's living in and he he says eh what's that i hear you sneaking around you're here to take to take what's mine don't you touch nothing it's all mine yeah and it's like yeah. well, exes don't bleed yeah <laughs> so like it's all it's all in his head as he was going down the loot cave and it almost feels like he had like split personality killed his co- ghost his own ghost and then you know it was too late because he was just driven mad from the cave, sucking him down further that's, and further. That's an interesting point. It was all in his head. So yeah. he's an exo who is under this curse, shot himself in the leg, and the curse is making him think, "Oh, my leg is bleeding. I'm in so much pain." Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that thought. I really yeah. do like that thought. So that that's what I I kind of get. I kind of gleaned from it uh, when we read through it and. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's probably somebody out there that has a better explanation, mm-hmm. but uh, it's funny. Okay, so here's another funny thing: is like I was looking up these names, uh, like Bismarck and Pershing, and I was trying to find if they had any connection, and I didn't really find a lot. But there are some quotes, and there are some pirate uh, stories that use these names Welcome. <laughs> out there uh, on the internet. So if somebody out there wants to like do some research work and pull these uh, names that they dropped in here in this lore to try to see mm-hmm. if they had any outside references, uh, go for it. Because it seems like there are some. And so th- there, there is one other thing I, I want to bring up about this dungeon, and that is the crystals that grow throughout the dungeon. Oh, so crap. when you find Wilhelm, his body is like being like surged through with crystals. Yeah. And, uh, in the encounter, the fallen shield encounter, I guess there's a mechanic where you have to pick up the the burden of riches, which is picking up the engrams and deposit them into the crystals. What you have to do throughout the whole uh, dungeon, you pick up burden of riches and deposit them into these into crystals. The yeah. But when you deposit it into the specific crystal, the in-game text says the icon of excess is filled with riches. So it's almost like, okay, so the crystals are icons of excess. And it's like, are these crystals like the the resonators of the curse? Like they Right? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't exactly yeah. know what to what to think about it. Something. And so like you're you know, you know, it's trying to explain like a game mechanic in into like the lore of it and why why that's set up that way. But if you almost thought of it as being like the person who holds the burden of gathering up the material and then taking it to the crystal, what does the crystal glean from that? You know, even though the crystal Mm -hmm. is partly responsible for making you do this in the first place. Part of me wonders like the farthest out there, like no chance in hell this could actually happen. Part of me wonders if we're eventually after the saga of light and dark, are we going to get, like sentient rock monsters as an enemy race that have like psychic abilities or some, some shit like that. Right. And like, well, this is like the, this is the precursor yeah. to them. Like I this mean, is a trap that they created for us. Yeah. I mean, historically people have believed elements and crystals and all of that stuff was a part of a growing living earth. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, alchemy, right? <laughs> there you go. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to post Mylan's video in chat now. Uh, Mylan's video really helped me, uh, get an understanding. And, uh, I'd also want to point out, um, the destiny war vault on YouTube, which is where I didn't get these bottles myself. I, I just, I, I made, uh, transcripts from their video of gathering the bottles, uh, this morning. Yeah. Uh, but so in Mylan's video, and I really want to give him a shout out for this. He, I guess, uh, claims, I agree with it, but you know, it's, it's not proven unless someone from Bungie actually says so, right? Like he claims that in our original destiny one resurrection, we witness the creation of the loot cave. And I agree with it. So if you want to know what that, how that claim 
came to be, you got to check out his video. And if you're listening, we're going to put it in the description of the show. I'm going to remember to put it in the description of the show. So you got to watch his video to find that out. Cause I, I was kind of like, no, like I was like blown away. I was like, no fucking way that like this tiny detail that like, I I'm positive. Someone at Bungie was like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to add this to the end. And it's because (laughs) they were referencing this, this first thing we did in destiny. That's, that's funny, you know, because the loot cave was a product of uh, Guardians, you know, farming an easy exploit within the game, and yep. they just sat there forever. So, you know, if, you, if you're up on Destiny lore, you know that there was this place that you could go and shoot at a cave and just get riches mm-hmm. endlessly to spawn over and over and over by killing enemies that would just keep spawning there. And yeah. it's, been a, it's been a humorous uh, thing that they pull from constantly you know, about the loot cave, like remember the loot cave, this yeah. is all, and, and it was even funnier because Bungie made fun of us for shooting in a cave and like spending hours to do that. They're like, that's what you point. think is fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun for you shooting in a cave. So it's been, and, and the loot cave has gone on to be uh, included in other games that aren't Bungie games as a mockingly humorous thing. Uh, that I remember, games. I remember seeing like other like looter games, yeah. Their articles would be like, did we just find the this game's loot cave? Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like Destiny's yeah. just permeated all these games because it was so yeah. viral to have There's this There's one thing. game, I forget what it is. What was that game where they actually put a loot cave in the game and there were little engrams that popped out? Did they? I don't actually know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I forget what it was called. Somebody knows. They'll they'll tell me, I'm sure. That's, but yeah, that is really awesome. I didn't I actually didn't know about that i just know yeah. that other games had their their loot caves yeah and so I, I wanted to say like at the end of this you know when you when you talked about the exo mm-hmm. and how he's you know like thinking of all of this as he's being led so he's being sucked down by the cave and so the bottles first of all the bottles are you know a reference to like message in a bottle you throw mm-hmm. a bottle in the ocean when you're mm-hmm. stranded on an island in hopes that somebody will see the message in the bottle and come save you Yada yada yada. That's kind of what's happening here with the bottle references, uh, and that's been uh, a construct of like pirate stories and folklore and 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 all that. Um, so like, you know, you find a message in a bottle, you find a map in a bottle, you go finding loot in the cave, and a map takes you to treasure and all that, right? Yeah. And the Goonies aspect of all of this is, in the Goonies, you had these this team of kids that go down into a hole, which was basically through a cave that was shaped like a skull. And they go on this grand adventure to finally come upon a pirate ship at the end that was, you know, loaded with riches and all that stuff. And they found out that the, the pirate ship was full of dead pirates and skeletons and stuff. And so my point is the symbolic thing that they leave at the end of this is the dead exo Mm -hmm. is the skeleton from pirate stories that's still alive Mm -hmm. and so they've used the skeleton that's still alive in pirate stories to show how the curse keeps you alive even though you're dead and you're there stuck with the riches so like you go looking for the treasure and eventually the treasure consumes you and then you're left stuck with the treasure which is what is a, a construct of pirate uh lore just like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, when you, when you, when you, you know, watch when you take that you treasure, look, you become an undead pirate. Exactly. So the treasure is creating you or creating the undead. And so it's, it's funny because they use an exo, which is an exoskeleton. Yeah. So it's like an exo is the skeleton and he thought he was alive, but probably wasn't and was just led into madness. And at the very last bit where the line, he's like, <laughs> I hear you sneaking around. You're yeah. you're here to take to take what's mine. Don't you touch nothing. It's all mine. So it's like that. Uh, it's happened. It's a trope. It's happened yeah. in other pirate stories where the skeleton's like, "Oh, you can't take my riches," you know, or the pirate. Goonies did something similar with um with One Eyed Willie. He was yeah. his skeleton wasn't alive, but it was a matter right. of like respecting him and being like, "You can't take his treasure." 
where like one of the kid was like, Oh, hi Willie. And like had this moment with a dead skeleton and another kid behind him tried to take the, take Willie's treasure. And he's like, no, that's don't take, don't touch his. But then of course that's the curse. Yeah. And, and that's the curse, but the curse was just the booby trap that he set up before he died. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In in the Goonies, because in the Goonies, there's no actual curse. It's just a very crap. Well, yeah. And and so they take that one treasure from him and then that opens the cave, which takes the ship out and you know, that the, the beautiful ending to the movie or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. 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 You know, you know, I, I gotta say this, you know, what bothered me about the fucking Goonies aside from the shit that was absolutely horrible about the goonies what they had that deal with the pipes in the cave and they were like yanking on them and it was like pulling the fountain and shit so people have been in those fucking caves making all that yeah they're like what's down that way we don't go down that way but what's down there i don't know we don't go down that way fucking pirate (laughs) treasure down that way you didn't go down that way you saw yeah. a, a fucking organ with finger yeah. bones for keys, and you didn't think maybe there's something back here. You just turn the fuck around. I love that this whole story is like a cautionary tale for your um, insatiable need for loot. As it a does feel like a commentary on the player, right? Yeah, like you're playing the game, but you're missing the fun parts of the game by being just wrapped up in the massive amount of loot that you're trying to attain. The perfect role, blah blah blah. You know, just, you know, it, there are other ways to enjoy yourself is all they're saying. You're going to drive yourself mad. in the loot cave. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get more obvious than that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, I thought that that's going to be our show for this week. That was a lot of fun. Coming back and getting to talk. It's one of my favorite things to do. I, I, I hope people like to listen to us talk. But, I mean, even if it was just me and you talking, it would still be fun for me. So. <laughs> Same here. If you want to find uh, more of us, you can find us on Twitter. We are spelt like it is down there at Loose Cannon Show. We uh, basically only tweet uh, updates, and also we I uh, try to retweet the Armory Defines uh, lore cards because so many happen that don't actually come on the show because the show's so uh, spaced and the lore cards aren't as spaced. So I like to give them a shout out. Uh, if you're coming in late, you can find us anywhere podcasts are, and we also go up on YouTube. If you want to watch along, uh, if you want to see the images that were posted for Rhino's uh, uh, Armory Defined thread, we will also retweet that on the Loose Cannon uh, Twitter. So you can find them there if you are listening and you are interested what the uh, specifics look like. Bye, everybody. Oh, I don't gonna say bye <laughs> bye I was, I was waiting for you to say bye <laughs> like, don't be rude man <laughs> I didn't, but it cut out. <laughs>